0: Okay. So I should start this record option no? before.
1: Yes, sir, if you want can record otherwise I am also recording no problem in that.
0: Uh, then I think it's better you can do it okay. So okay. okay, fine. Okay, shall we start? Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, am I audible, everyone?
1: Yes, sir, it's audible. you can start.
0: Yeah. Okay. so good evening everyone. Uh, so today. Uh, Let us discuss a short topic, otosclerosis. So definitely you can expect uh, one question from this topic in any exam. Generally, an examiner's tendency to give at least one question from this topic. So let us start straight over. So otosclerosis, okay? That means the name itself says in the ear, there is some sclerosis. Means there is some abnormal bone, sclerotic bone formation is happening is there, right? Where in the, exactly in the ear? It is in the inner ear near the stapes foot plate area where it is attached to the oval window. So, before straight away going into the otosclerosis, so just let us just briefly go through the anatomy of this, okay, anatomy of this inner ear. So, just look at the anatomy of the inner ear. You all know it has got a membranous labyrinth. You can see the bluish membranous labyrinth inside and which is surrounded by the bony labyrinth outside, right? so this membranous labyrinth filled with endolymph and the outer bony labyrinth filled with air uh, perilymph endolymph rich in potassium perilymph rich in sodium one of the important mcq right and uh, next so if you come to the parts of this uh, inner ear i mean your uh, membranous part as well as the bony part you can see the membranous cochlea spiraled exactly inside fitting inside the exactly fitting inside your spiraled bony cochlea so this membranous cochlea is nothing but your scala media as well as it has got it is also called as cochlear duct right filled with endolymph rich in potassium and it is connected to the saccule and the saccule is connected to the utricle so saccule and utricle contain the sensory structures called maculae and they will be sensing the they will be sensing the linear movements right linear linear movements and linear accelerations will be detected by these two Vertical, part with vertical linear motion is detected by the saccule. Horizontal linear motion is detected by the utricle. And if you go still posteriorly, you have got three semicircular canals arranged at 90 degrees to each other in three different planes. You can see this is the lateral semicircular canal, posterior semicircular canal and the superior semicircular canal. Each semicircular canal has got an ampullated. You can see the dilatation. Ampulla like dilatation over here. Ampullated, dilated part where your crystal ampullaris locate, is located and which is responsible for detecting this angular acceleration, right? So you also you can also see this, the posterior semicircular canal, its ampullated part is down over here and you can see the superior semicircular canals and its ampullated part over here. And you can see the non-ampullated parts of this posterior as well as superior will join to form crust commune. So remember how crust commune is formed? Posterior as well as superior semicircular canal, that's uh, post, they join to form the non-ampulated ends of these uh, uh, semicircular canals. Posterior and uh, superior, they join to form the commune And remember, all the openings of the semicircular canal, total there are five openings, and all these five openings open into the utricle. And coming to the bony part, you have got a bony cochlea and you have got a bony vestibule. Right? In this vestibule, there your utricle and saccule are lodged inside the membranous utricle membranous saccule are lodged inside the bony vestibule and you can see the semicircular canals that's uh, the lodged inside your semicircular bony semicircular canals right so if you take the bony labyrinth now the main part that we are concerned in otosclerosis is the bony labyrinth and in this bony labyrinth you can see the round window as well as oval window over here the oval window opens near to the area of saccule and uh, the round window opens. Uh, it is an opening from the scala tympani part. You can see the three chambers of the cochlea: scala vestibuli, scala media, and the scala tympani. The sound waves from this oval window directly enters your scala vestibuli, and then from the helicotrema, they travel back through the scala tympani. They vibrate this basilar membrane over here, on which the organ of Corti lies over here in the scala media part, and that basilar membrane vibrates. Your organ of Corti vibrates, hair cells vibrate, and that response, that there the nerve impulse generation will happen due to endolymphatic pota- potassium, uh, potassium potential. That is due to the high uh, amount of potassium inside and less amount of potassium outside. Due to that differential, nerve impulse will be generated, and so there occurs your sound conduction through the cochlear nerve. Your sound conduction will happen into the brain, right? This is how your normal sound conduction occurs. So we are concerned with the oval window over here. So if we see the, if we take the bony labyrinth, cross section, histologic section, only bony labyrinth. If we take only the bony labyrinth cross section, in histology section, it has got three layers. The endosteal layer, end chondral layer, and periosteal. Periosteal, peri means surrounding, and osteum means bone. The layer that is surrounding the bone outside, periosteal, and you can see the endosteal, this is the endosteal layer. That is endo means inside osteum bone. So the layer that is covering the inside of the bone that is endosteal layer. In between these two, periosteum and endosteum, you have got a middle layer. This middle layer is most important in the pathogenesis of this osteosclerosis. It has got a endochondral. chondral. End chondral means chondral means cartilage. Okay, so unossified cartilaginous areas are seen in this layer, N chondral layer. These, those areas are called as globular entrosiae and in this layer the irregular spongy bone bone deposition occurs and uh, so that leads to the formation of your otosclerosis. Okay, so after the irregular deposition of the bony bony deposition over in the area surrounding the stapes foot plate, so this condition is called the otosclerosis that hampers the movements of the stapes foot plate, so also your sound conduction is impaired and that makes the patient a difficulty or hard of hearing and the main complaint these patients will come with is, mainly it is a hard, hard of hearing or impaired hearing, right? So let us see what exactly is there in between the stapes and the oval window. You all know the stapes foot plate is fitted into the oval window, right? So the stapes foot plate, if it is, foot plate, it is fitted into the oval window, you can see the stapes margins. I'm seeing from above the stapes, this is the stapes header, the two crure of the stapes, you can see, these are the two crure of the stapes, posterior anterior crure, and the stapes foot plate, you can see, these are the margins of the stapes foot plate, and these are the margins of the oval window on the bony labyrinth, right? In between them, the attaching part is called as the annular ligament. With the help of this ligament only, your stapes foot plate can move inward and outward, right? So if there is an ossification in this area, if there is an ossification completely in this area, if there is an ossification happening, so this area is called as spicula antifenestra. So this is the anterior area and this is the posterior part of the foot plate. So here the abnormal spongy bone deposition happens and that fixes your foot plate. And uh, once this foot plate gets fixed, uh, it is unable to move properly inward and outward due to which the sound conduction gets impaired and patient will be complaining of hearing loss. So you can see this is normally how your sound waves get conducted, the sound waves you can see, the sound waves uh, after entering the external auditory canal, they strike the tympanic membrane, and from there, through the ossicles, and into the fluids. This, the movement of the stapes foot plate is crucial here for conduction of the outer vibrations into the inner ear fluids, okay? So in otosclerosis, see what is happening, here, the abnormal bone is getting deposited, and it is making this stapes is prepared, unable to move. So there is no conduction, I mean less impaired conduction. So here, here the patient will be getting impaired conduction, impaired hearing loss, impaired hearing, right? So patient will be complaining of only hearing loss. Whereas you can see the other part of the middle ear is entirely normal. Eustachian tube is normal, tympanic membrane is normal. That's why whenever these patients come and uh, they complain of only hearing loss without any other complaints, And also when you see through the orthoscopy or endoscopy, if you see the tympanic membrane, it will be looking normal. On tuning fork test, you get a conductive type of hearing loss. So these patients, mainly 30 to 40-year-old female patients, uh, presenting with bilateral hardness of hearing, okay? And these patients are, the general presentation will be like that. So uh, the tympanic membrane will be normal. Everything you'll find normal except your tuning fork test uh, will be conductive type and you can suspect otosclerosis in these cases, right? So coming to the theoretical part, so no need to take any notes, I'll be giving the notes after this class, just concentrate on the uh, topic subject, okay? So this is the fissula antipenistrum area, you can see. So here in the end layer, the spongy bone gets deposited in the unossified cartilaginous areas, as we have seen earlier. So what happens, this step is prepared, gets fixed over here, unable to move inward and outward. So then what happens? there is a impaired sound conduction. You can see here also, the histologic section, anterior part of the foot plate uh, attachment to the vestibule part or the bony labyrinth part. There is a con- complete, the uh, abnormal bony deposition. You can see over here Here also. So, general presentation will be around 30-year-old females or, uh, or males also sometimes, but females more common than males. 20 to 30-year-old people and uh, whites more than uh, blacks, it uh, happens generally and uh, mostly it is seen in pregnant patients and uh, it is also seen in patients with blue sclera. This blue sclera is mainly seen in Vanderhoof syndrome where you get a triad of blue sclera, autosclerosis, and along with these two, the other, the, uh, other symptom, the other condition is uh, your uh, osteogenesis imperfecta. So this triad form Vanderhoof syndrome and also this, uh, this autosclerosis because it is also transmitted uh, in uh, genetically as family history will also be positive in some cases. So there are, all, on the whole, there are three types of photosclerosis. One is tepedial type, the most common type, most commonly that we see generally in our clinic, in our protein practice is the stepedial type, okay? Remember the most common type of photosclerosis is tepedial type. Here the fistula antifenestrum the most common area, it has got uh, the abnormal bony deposition, and this results in conductive hearing loss, whereas, the cochlear type, in cochlear type what happens, the entire cochlea gets ossified. Okay, abnormal bone deposition in the entire uh, bony labyrinth, in the entire bony labyrinth, not only in this apical antipenestrum area, in the entire uh, cochlea part, uh, cochlear bone, this abnormal bony deposition occurs and uh, there will be impairment of the sound conduction through sensory neural pathway, that is, these patients will be complaining of, uh, they, they will be on testing, on tuning fork testing or audiometry testing. You can see it's a sensory neural type of pattern in this case. Whereas histologic, you cannot see it, it is done in postmortem cases. So you can leave it. So the most common type will be generally strepidial, it's an MCQ. And the lesion will be generally chalky white or gray or yellow. But sometimes in 15 to 20% of the cases, it will be red. You can see this is the uh, approximate area you can see where your stapes foot gets attached to the oval window on the medial wall of the middle ear. So through an intact tympanic membrane as we have already discussed the tympanic membrane will be intact it has not got any problem over here right you can see the malleus handle over here and this is the cone of the light okay so everything looks perfect except some smi- mild haziness here and there you can see and here you can see a reddish focus this is called a squad sign so what does this squad sign mean this reddish mass reddish color this means here that there is a increased vascularity the bony deposition process is going on. So when this bony deposition process is going on, definitely there is an increased requirement for nutrition. So when there is an increased requirement for nutrition, so generally there will be increased blood supply. So increased vascularity, blood is red in color, obviously you can see this reddish focus in this area. I think now you have got why you see a reddish focus in some cases. So this is also called as flamingo pink blush, okay, or flamingo pink tympanic membrane. And in these cases, don't do surgery in the if you see an active focus, if you see spot sign, don't attempt surgery immediately because as the vascularity is more, what happens when you try to attempt to do a surgery, there will be more amount of hearing loss, right? Sorry, more amount of blood loss, okay? So there will be more amount of blood loss. The middle ear is a very small cavity and even a smallest amount of one to two ml of blood loss, blood passing over there will completely fill the surgical field and it becomes difficult for you to locate the exact step is footprint area and to create a fenestra during the step is surgery. So now, uh, coming to different various areas where otosclerosis can occur, surrounding the in the type of otosclerosis, you can see on the anterior focus, uh, on the anterior side, this area is called a spistula antifenestrum, and the posterior also you can see fossula post-fenestrum. And uh, you may ask one thing, how to remember? How to identify which is anterior, which is posterior? You can see the stapedius muscle. We are attaching to the stapes posterior crura. You also know stapedius arises from the pyramid on the posterior wall. So here is the posterior wall of the middle ear. From here, your uh, from the pyramid on the posterior wall of the middle ear, your stapedius muscle is coming, and the tendon of this muscle is getting attached to the neck of the stapes as well as the posterior pleura of the stapes. And now this becomes the anterior pleura. And this is the most common. Recently in JIPMER also, they have asked this question. Okay, the most common uh, type of autosklerosis, anterior type, posterior type, like question have come in the recent JIPMER. So it is anterior type, fissula, anti-fenestrum. Anti means anterior, okay? And this is the circumferential all around the stapes foot plate in the entire annular ligament area, there will be uh, ossification. And this is the biscuit type, and here it is the obliterative type. So most importantly, you need to remember this type, anterior type, right? So now coming to the clinical features of the otosclerosis, you have as already said, it is generally a systemic process, so it will be bilateral and uh, most commonly it will be bilateral. Sometimes it can be unilateral also, and uh, the uh, the degree of uh, hearing loss may differ in both ears. Okay, so one ear may be having some 40 to 45 decibels, the other ear may be having some 30, 35, uh, 38 decibels loss. Okay. So, the amount of the degree of hearing loss may vary, but obviously both the ears will be uh, pathology, right? And paracusis will be here. Paracusis means uh, the patient hears better in noisy surroundings, okay? So, remember this point: paracusis is seen in otosclerosis, whereas diplacusis, okay? If you remember, diplacusis is seen in, diplacusis you see in, in case of menias disease, okay? So, remember, paracusis is seen in otosclerosis and diploctasis is seen in many years. And you can also see the uh, eustachian tube will be normal in this cases. As we have already discussed, the main pathology here is with the footplate area, not with the eustachian tube. So thus the st- eustachian tube will be normal. On tuning fork test, then the RINI will be negative because here the conductive pathway is affected. The conductive hearing loss is there, okay? So RINI will be obviously negative. That is your air conduction will be less than bone conduction and Weber will be lateralized towards the poorer ear. So if there is bilateral conductive hearing loss, Weber will be lateralized to that ear which is having more amount of hearing loss, okay? And uh, your absolute bone conduction will be normal because there is no loss of any sensor neural type of conduction. On pew-tone audiometry, next you will send the patient for pew-tone audiometry as well as impedance audiometry. In pew-tone audiometry, if you check, uh, the typical carhartt notch. Uh, Uh, one of the uh, repeated, 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 many times repeated and simple, Carhartt's notch. That is 2,000 hertz. At the area of 2,000 hertz, you can see this 2,000 hertz area. Here, you can see a dip over here. So that is your Carhartt's notch. Remember, this Carhartt's notch is seen on the bone conduction line. This is the bone conduction line and this is the air conduction. The problem is with the air conduction, isn't it? With the conductive pathway, there is a problem. So, there is a step is fixation that is conductive pathway pathology. So, you can see at 60 decibels at 250 hertz frequency, nearly at 60 decibels, the patient is getting response. Okay, at 500 hertz uh, uh, frequency, the patient is getting response at 50 decibels. So, approximately some 40 to 50 decibels loss is there in this patient. These are the most common hearing frequencies 500, 1000, and 2000. So, you can take average 50. 50 and 40, so that is 140 by 3, approximately 47 or 48 you get. So 47 decibels loss of hearing loss is there here. And you can see the bone conduction is absolutely normal. There is no problem with the sensorineural, nerve. there is no problem in the cochlea. there is no problem in the auditory nerve. So what happens? The bone conduction will be normal, except in the 2000 Hertz area only, you will get a dip on the bone conduction line. Okay, remember one more thing, the 4000 hertz dip is seen in noise induced hearing loss 4000 hertz dip is seen in noise induced hearing loss this is seen in both air conduction and bone conduction curves, okay but here in case of otosclerosis in case of otosclerosis the carhart's notch is seen only on bone conduction curve not on air conduction curve i think you have got the point here so in case of noise induced hearing loss it will be Sensory neural type of hearing loss, okay. It won't be a conductive type, right? So, this is the cochlea. So, okay, we we'll skip this and coming to the treatment of this otosclerosis. So, three main modes of treatment one is medical, okay, where sodium fluoride can be given, and these two are surgical, and this is a hearing aid. So, first, if you go to medical treatment, sodium fluoride earlier this was given, but nowadays. No surgeon is interested, no ENTs, no, no physician is interested in giving that because it has got a many side effects and uh, due to its vast side effects, and uh, this drug is not used uh, being used normally. So the treatment of choice in case of your otosclerosis will be surgery, okay? Stepidectomy or stepidotomy. And in these two, if you have to select one, select stepidotomy. Many of the surgeons will be interested in doing a stepidotomy rather than stepidectomy. So the major, the basic difference between these two, stepidectomy and stepidotomy, is nothing but in stepidectomy, the part of the footplate is removed. In stepidotomy, you just create a hole in the stepis footplate and uh, you just insert a pitch piston through that created fenestra or hole in the footplate. So we will see how that is uh, inserted. And you come to the here coming to the hearing aid, this is mainly given to those who are not. Willing for surgery or who have any other comorbidities. Okay, so not fit for surgery or not willing for surgery. In those patients, you can just give a hearing aid. Okay, so this is a hearing aid you can see the receiver going inside into the external artery canal, and here is the processor. Okay, a mic will be present over here, and the amplifier will be there. The microphone will receive the signals, it will the signals will be amplified here and the amplified signals will be sent into the uh, receiver present in the external auditory canal. right? So this is how your hearing aid works, okay? So now coming to here, this uh, surgical part, you can see this is the tympanic membrane, normal tympanic membrane. You can see the malleus, incus, and stapes attached to your uh, bony labyrinth in the oval window, and uh, you can see the cochlea over here, right? So let us see the steps involved here. So now take a closer look here so this is the tympanic membrane right so here you have got a tympanic membrane malleus incus and this is tapis, and this is the cochlea and you have got an oval window over here right so this is the foot plate right so now coming to so before going into the surgery just infiltrate this otosclerosis surgery stapedotomy is done under local anesthesia okay so because uh, on the table itself uh, you can uh, you can ask the patient whether after inserting the piston you can ask the patient whether she is hearing better or not compared to earlier. On the table itself, immediately after inserting the piston, you can see the result that the patient says, I'm, res- I'm listening better now, okay? So that is the magic of this epidotomy. So now, coming to this, uh, uh, this after the local infiltration, now, next part is you elevate the tympanomial flap because you have to operate in the middle ear, right? So this is the middle ear cavity you have to operate in the middle ear so obviously you have to elevate the tympanic membrane upward outward and uh, and then so see the, here with the Rosen's knife the incision is being given and the tympanometer flap will be elevated and you can see here it is being elevated and the posterior superior overhang is being removed with uh, a gauze and uh, everything the overhang will be there the bony overhang to get a clear access to this tapis area you need to remove the overcoming bone over here it will be removed. and now you can see clearly the stapes area is exposed inside. So now the flap is elevated, this is the incus long process coming from above down and you can see the stapes going into the medial wall of the middle ear, okay? the foot plate getting inserted into the uh, oval window down there. See how the cauda tympani obstructs your view sometimes if it is uh, necessary, if it is required, this cauda tympane needs to be sacrificed because it exactly obstructs the foot plate area of you. okay? So if this cauda tympane is sacrificed, what happens? On that side, on the anterior two-third of the tongue, the taste sensation will be lost. If you are operating on the right ear, right cauda tympane is cut, those are the right anterior two-third of the tongue, taste sensation will be lost, right? so to detect uh, this is a, uh, you can even uh, remember the topo diagnostic test of facial nerve over here where electrogastometry forms one of the topo diagnostic test of your facial nerve along with your schemas test which detects the lacrimation the first branch of facial nerve greater superficial petrosal nerve is responsible for lacrimation okay there you can check the integrity of the gspl greater superficial petrosal nerve that is first branch of facial nerve Second branch is stepedius, nerve to stepidius, stapedial reflex, you can check. That is another topodiagnostic test. And this is the third one, electrogastrometry. You can check the taste on both sides. And if this taste is decreased you know, in the anterior two-third, then you can think that there is a lesion proximal to this caudate tympani branching of the patient nerve, right? So now, as you have got exposure to the steppis area, now here the uh, complications can be, as I have said, it is caudate tympani injury or the flap tear can happen. And now coming to the next step. So next step is to separate the incus and the stapes. See the incus over here. So you can see this is the incus and this is the stapes. These are separated, right? So incus and stapes are separated here. So this is the step being done over here. So this is the incus long process, lenticular process of the incus. Incus long process, lenticular process. And you can see the stapes head. This is the incudostapedial joint. Exactly with the rosens. The, it is being separated, and uh, so complications here, if you do it more uh, uh, roughly, the incus may get completely disrupted. So now with a laser, eh, the stapes suprastructure is completely being burnt out, okay? So you can see here, earlier here, the stapes suprastructure was there, now the stapes suprastructure, that is the is head, neck, and both the crude are removed, so only the foot footplate is left over here. So on this footplate, now, so, while doing this surgery, be careful that there is a facial nerve lying, running above the oval window. So, if you can take the, what are the landmarks of the facial nerve, if you remember, the first landmark in the middle ear is your processor's cochlear formis, and also, oval window also forms one of the landmarks to identify your facial nerve. Normally, facial nerve runs just above the, horizontally, above the oval window area. Okay. So, all these are MCQs, so kindly concentrate, and... Uh, Next step is, you just create a fenestra over the footplate. That can be with a laser, see? With the help of a laser, a fenestra is being created on the footplate. So, and after creating the fenestra, just insert the is piston the, by crimping on it onto the incus long process. So now, you can see the piston over here. This is the incus long process. So it, the incus, uh, the is piston is crimped onto it, and the other end, the lower end, is fixed into the uh, fenestra that you have created earlier with a laser, right? So now, coming to complications here, the processes should be exactly be fitting. It should not be long, it should not be loose, it should not be short, okay? And if you tightly crimp this one, if you crimp this tightly, already INCAS is a long process Is a little bit less vascularized part, isn't it? Most common MCQ asked in CSOM cases, which of the fascicular part is first to get necrosed. Long process of incus is the first one to get necrosed. Okay, so because of its slender anatomy, thinness and also because of its no muscular attachments here to the incus. Okay, to malleus neck, you can expect the tensor tympane muscle getting inserted. To your stapes, you know, stapedius muscle gets inserted. But to your incus, no muscle gets inserted. So incus long process, slender anatomy and less amount of blood supply. So if you crimp it tighter, there may be necrosis, the blood vessels may get compressed over here and necrosis of the long process can occur. So incus erosion can occur and the piston may protrude out, right? So this is one more complication. Now see, and replace the flap back. So now whenever the sound waves comes, see it strikes the tympanic membrane, they go to malleus, incus and through this stapes and through this fenestra into the fluids, right? And they go and they will stimulate the cochlea. From the cochlea, the nerve impulse will be sent into the brain. This is how you are now bypassing the fixed area here. So in the anterior part, there will be fixation. It will be fixed like that only. You are not bothered about the fixation. You are creating a hole on the other side and uh, you are just putting a piston by taking the support of the incus. So that ultimately, the sound waves which the person is hearing can enter into the inner ear fluids, cochlea. And from there, into the brain, the impulse can be conducted, right? So this is after the uh, repositioning of the flap just the dressing being done. So this concludes the otosclerosis. The main MCQs here to remember is nothing but your pricillantipenestrum, Carhartt's notch, and the treatment of choice, stepidotomy. So most commonly, these are the most commonly asked, and rest if you are preparing for higher exams AMG there may be some complicated questions may be asked. Okay. So all those things we have seen. Uh, the main pathogenesis part here in the uh, here is the bony labyrinth. In that bony labyrinth, the middle and layer is the main pathologic part, right? And the presentation will be a 30 to 35 year old female presenting with the bilateral hardness of hearing or impairment of hearing and uh, on examination, the autoscopy or endoscopy of the ear, your tympanic membrane will be absolutely perfect, okay? So there will be no problem at all. So this concludes, okay? So uh, only thing is in tuning fork test, you will be seeing the Rinne negative because that is a conductive type, air conduction less than bone conduction, Weber will be lateralized to the poorer ear. You send the patient to a pure tone audiometry and it gives you the amount of hearing loss also and uh, counsel the patient regarding the need for surgery. And uh, if the patient is willing, under local anesthesia, go for a strepidotomy surgery. So this concludes your autosclerosis part. A very short, simple topic. Okay, But definitely expect one question in each and every competitive exam. Right? Thank you. Thanks a lot.
1: Thank you, sir, for your nice interactive session and with uh, clear pictures and uh, clinical. If anyone is having doubt, can ask to, sir. Otherwise, we can conclude this session. I think no one is having doubt. And uh, let me say that the next session is uh, of Dr. Rupa Ma'am on 9th about endometriosis. If anyone wants can join the session, I'll be sharing with the link.
0: OK, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Nigam.
1: Thank you, sir. And thank you can uh, go to M4PG and in pet you'll get madams a link to join in upcoming, and you can register uh, with register for the uh, session on 9th July. And also, this session uh, notes I will be sharing in. Uh, yeah, notes will be history.
0: uploaded. I will be sending the notes.
1: No problem. Okay. By tonight, I will be sending notes. Okay, sir. So uh, that's all. If anyone is having doubt, can ask to sir. I think, sir, no one is having doubt. Okay. So, so no problem.
0: Anyone, uh, if they have any doubt, they can raise in uh, your uh, telegram channel. Okay, sir, EDM no for
1: PG telegram group, they can ask. Okay, okay sir, thank you for the session. Uh,
0: right.
1: So we'll end the session, sir.
0: Yeah.